Most of my homilies don't come with an origins story. They're not exactly Star Wars sagas. Um, but today's homily was a product of kind of a domino that fell last Monday and has brought me to where I am today before you with this message. So I figured you might deserve an explanation. So it all started last Monday night where my dinner plans were pushed back like 30 minutes. So I had 30 minutes to spare. And I was really hungry, maybe a little hangry. And so I went to find the Fursati boys. So I went to the place where I usually find, you know, go to look to find the Fursati boys, which is the chapel. That's not true. That's a joke. That's just unfortunate. It's actually the TV room. So I go down to the TV room and I find the Fursati boys doing what they usually do when they're in the TV room, scrolling on their phones. So I was like, you know what? We need to all come together. There's been some problems in the household that we need to address, that we need to talk about. You know, just give some attention to. So we did what we do when we have problems we need to address together. We all sat down and watched an episode of South Park. And it's amazing how much that actually does for us, to bond us. So, But this specific episode took me down a deep and dark rabbit hole of Scientology. So I don't know if you've ever seen this episode, but it is... Very fascinating. And the, the one question I actually had while I was watching this, is this actually what Scientologists believe? And there's this caption over the entire episode that keeps saying Scientologists actually believe this. So I was like, well, I got to look into it. And so I spent the entire week looking into the background of Scientology. And the purpose of me speaking about this isn't to talk about Scientology, but to talk about it, what it means, what it says about the human condition. Because that's what I found was most interesting about their philosophy, psychology, and soon-to-be theology. So I just want to give a little breakdown of it. If you want to know more, you can watch South Park or a Tom Cruise interview. So <laughs> the founder, um, L. Ron Hubbard, who wrote, he, this man, he wrote, more, he wrote more words than any other human being that's ever lived, and more science fiction on top of that. So he wrote, he began as a science fiction author, and then in 1952, he, he uh, began kind of a therapeutic method of what he believed would help heal human beings of our brokenness. In 1952, he wrote a book on diagnostics and uh, became very famous, but he said that he wasn't trying to start a religion, but his um, Dianetics program, he was described as a mix of Western technology and Oriental philosophy. So it wasn't religion, it was more like a self-help philosophy or psychology. And the method that they used, this was interesting, they had this thing called an e-meter, an electro-psychometer, which is used for auditing, like question and answer. So you sit in front of somebody, and they're asking you questions about your life, about your feelings, everything you've ever experienced as a human being. And as you're holding these um, electro-psychometer, you know, um, just kind of metal bars, it's actually measuring your skin and what you react to. So what they really want to find out is, and they can say it's, it's kind of a measure of your thoughts, like a lie detector does something similar than that. But what they want to find out in you is what makes you cringe? Like what, what shows up in your body as unprocessed memories or traumatic events? So the whole goal is actually to clear the mind you say, you, you want to make you clear so that we're only active. There's nothing traumatic in our memory, in our emotions, that we become passive to. 
fascinating thing about that. So the goal is to become clear. And he says that once you become clear, you'll experience only peace and joy and the bliss that we were always meant to have. And if everybody goes through this problem, it'll take away all wars and all problems, all divorce, all violence, everything will return to peace. The problem, people who made it to the very top of the hierarchy, and you go through different like levels as you're going up. Some of you are nodding a lot, which I'm wondering if have you gone through this? Have you studied this also? Uh, but every time you go up, number one, you have to pay more money to get to the next level. So that's why it's also, they say it's, it can't be considered a religion. But you pay more and more money to get to the next level of clear. Once you get to the top, the problem is, is people, surprise, surprise, still had problems. They still experienced sorrow and pain. They still had traumatic memories, um, negative emotions. So the question was, well, did it just not work? And this is where it started to get really weird. And uh, Hubbard claimed that we all have multiple lives, reincarnation, right? So he said, well, actually, you've already been cleared of your life, but now these are memories from your past life that are coming up to haunt you. You have to clear those now. And so after people did that and things kept coming up, he said, well, it's, it's not just about your past lives. To know what's going on with the brokenness of humanity, you have to go back 75 million years ago to aliens. And they were these aliens, Xenu and Thetans. And Xenu was like a dictator who ran this planet, and he felt like it was overpopulated. So he took all of these Thetan aliens, and this is actually true, this is what it says, and he, he took them over to Earth, and he dropped them, first he froze them, then he dropped them into volcanoes, and then he blew up the volcanoes with uh, big bombs, but then all the Thetans, these aliens, he knew that their souls would still live. And so he put soul catchers in the sky. And the soul catchers caught all the souls of the aliens and then threw them back down to earth until humanity came about. And so now we as human beings, we have these Thetan aliens attached to our bodies and it's their negative emotion that we now have to get rid of. Did I mention that Hubbard was the most prolific science fiction writer of all time before he founded this religion? Now, it's not my goal to refute Scientology here. If you think this theory needs more refuting, you can talk to Tom Cruise or watch South Park. They can, they can kind of touch on that more. But what's fascinating to me is the ultimate conclusions about the incurable fallen nature of humanity. Hubbard set out to cure human beings of trauma negative emotions, with the goal of ultimate peace and joy here on earth. And he first began with those e-meters of just our own negative emotions, our memories. But then when that didn't work, he had to go to reincarnation and past lives. And when that didn't work, he had to get to this point of aliens. What does that say about us as human beings? We're hopeless, right? There's no cure for who we are and the problems that we carry within our humanity. And to set out to try to cure myself, to rid myself of all of my problems, of my past, of my issues, can take us down a very deep and dark and a little weird of a rabbit hole if we try to go down it. 
And that's what's so delightful about Gaudete Sunday. That's what I love about Catholicism. Because Catholicism doesn't depend on me healing myself, understanding myself, or saving myself. While we were still in our sins, God sent His Son to suffer and die and redeem us. And that's a free gift. Wherever I'm at in my life, right now, no matter how chaotic or broken I might experience myself or my situation, salvation comes from God. It doesn't come from my own effort upon myself. I have to respond to it. Each of us is responsible for our response. But true joy is I don't save myself. I am saved by another. And we don't have to wait for the other side of healing to experience that gift of God. And it was also fascinating because I came across another book this last week called The Context of Holiness, The Psychological and Spiritual uh, Reflections on the Human Person. And it's written by a priest, Father Mark Foley, who's also a psychologist and a devout follower of Carmelites and knows nothing about Thetan. So I thought this would be great to go into. And I actually want to read one paragraph. It's a long paragraph. But this was his conclusion after 30 years of studying psychology and working on his own self as a priest, you know, as a, as a, as a professional working on other people. This was his conclusions about our nature as human beings. He said, I've heard it said that therapy ends when we are dealing with our problems and they are no longer dealing with us. 35 years ago when I was a gung-ho psychology graduate, this perspective seemed pessimistic and depressing. Now as I'm in my 60s, as a man who is still struggling with the same fears and neurotic tendencies that I wrestled with in my youth, I see this perspective as being realistic. For are not our deeply rooted, deeply embedded, and deeply entrenched personality traits chronic, obdurate, and unyielding by their very definition? Even though I believe that by the grace of God I am not the man I was 35 years ago, I can honest, honestly say that much emotional healing has taken place in my heart. Nevertheless, during times of stress when my old fears and neurotic compulsions well up within me, all their sav with all their savage intensity, I feel that nothing has changed within my life. I say to myself, when will I ever be rid of this? Once I could accept the answer, never. I felt a great weight taken off my shoulders, for I was released from the impossible goal of trying to become someone other than myself. Working on yourself can be insidious an insidious mask of self-hate, for it makes you feel that there is something wrong with you until you are healed. Isn't that beautiful? 
Healing is not the goal. Removing trauma and negative emotions and whatever problems I'm going through, that's not the goal. Because on the other side of that healing is going to be new brokenness, new problems, new traumas. And it never ends. And that's why Hubbard kept having to go from one new reason for taking away the trauma or negative emotions after another. Because there's always something new. And that's why confession, confession isn't about healing me of all of my sins so that I never go back to confession again. God defines His relationship with us at the lowest part of our life while we are still sinners so that nothing can break that foundation. If I'm going to confession for the same sins every single week until I die, I will be a saint. Confession is just the place to bring who I am as a broken human being with all my imperfections and my imperfect life to the mercy of God that is always there to be given to us who are in constant need of His salvation. And that's the relationship that can actually endure. And that's actually what teaches us how to relate with one another in honesty and vulnerability not based on a facade of perfection, but who I am with all of my brokenness. So if we really want to enter this Christmas with deep joy, with the joy that is promised us, consider this Mass whatever problems you might be walking into this Christmas with your family. With all of its imperfections, with all of the things that you wish were different in yourself or within them or within the situation that you're with with your family. And if you can be in that and say that the true joy of Christmas is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is given to us in the midst of this brokenness, in the midst of my family, in the midst of whatever I'm going through. And that's the foundation and the bedrock of my hope in my Christmas spirit, then we will realize and truly embody the deepest goal that Hubbard wanted but could never find. The true secret to joy. I am saved by another in the very place of my brokenness. That is the freedom we all long for.